Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Kettering Connect. This is Pastor Jason Calvert, youth pastor for the Kettering Adventist Church. This is Patty McCoy. In case you didn't know, he's the young adult pastor here at the Kettering Adventist Church. I tried to do a sign for my name, and I don't really... The, like uh, what are you P? doing? Kind know, of like gang P? signal? It's what it is, but, whatever. But we're excited to have you here. again. I think isolation way too long. Yeah, there's going to be some weird stuff coming out, so just so, brace yourself for that. But this, I think, wow. is our fourth episode, and yeah. we are in the middle of a sermon series called Look Again, Finding Jesus in the Old Testament. So part of what we're doing is um, we're looking to see that if Jesus is the clearest representation that we have of the Father, and if Jesus himself said, uh, search the scriptures, that we search the scriptures, and we've missed him, then it's time for us to look again and see where it is Jesus is found all throughout scripture, not just in the Gospels or the New Testament. Right. And in the New Testament, a lot of times there are references going back to the First Testament about how, no, that was actually me. Remember, like, that was me. I did that. And um, so, yeah, we just get a few weeks to explore Jesus throughout the First Testament. I think it's going to be really fun. Yeah. So today we're talking about Psalm 23. Yep. Psalm 23. Uh, Pastor Paul Hoover will be speaking this weekend here at our uh, church. Uh, and so we're going to jump into that. But first, uh, Jason, would you have a prayer oh, for us? Absolutely. Yeah, let's pray. Father, again, we thank you so much for life, um, for the space that we have through technology to unpack the scriptures, have a just a light conversation about them, break them down, understand you more clearly, and better apply them to our lives. So God, I just pray that you're with this conversation. Every single person right now, no matter where they are or how they're watching, um, be with them in this moment. May we all uh, end this video cast closer to you because we have a clear image of who you are. Since we pray in Jesus' name, amen. 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 All right. I will uh, start by reading Psalm uh, 23. As you know, a little background on Psalms. Psalms are really prayers and, and songs. Written. And songs, which actually, and I didn't ask you this before, well, do you have a favorite type of music, like genre of music, right? Because you're right. All of these Psalms are songs. Yeah. I'm a big fan of screamo, gangster rap. That's exactly what I thought. Um, Just wanted to put that out there. Fresh Prince, not Will Smith, but Fresh Prince. That's kind of who I, I my go tos. Mm. You? Um, I basically like everything except country. Except if you include Nos X, then I suppose a little little country. Nos X. Young people, explain it to our young adult pastor. Do you really not know who Nas X? I, I I love Jesus. I don't know what uh, you're talking okay, about. Okay, so anyway, back to the scriptures. Um, this got really. But weird. Uh, we are. Uh, I'm jumping in. Obviously, David wrote a lot of these. Not all of these, but a lot of these. Uh, so of course, he's writing from his perspective. Uh, I've said this before in different places. I love to read the Psalms as if it's kind of a instead of Psalm one, Psalm two, Psalm three, uh, day one, day two, day three, and and reflect on them as the spiritual journey. Because when you read that, you know you've you've that way you've got these. Great great uh, entries where it's like, oh, your love endures forever. God, you are awesome. God, you are present. And then you have, my God, my God, why have you where forsaken you? me? Yes. Where are you? I cry and you don't answer. But I feel like that makes it so real because that's real life, right? Um, it, within the same day, you'll have an amazing hour because something, you know, you got free Chick-fil-A and then, you know, on the way home, there's a, you know, traffic or something, right? And so that's just how real life is. It's amazing one moment and the next moment it's like, oh God, where are you? So, yeah. so yeah. relevant. You know, I, I, I've also thought that like what, what David usually has as a gift in these is even when it's really bad, when life is awful, he has this way of coming back though and saying, but I'll, I'll remember mm. the days when you were good to me. I'll remember yeah, yeah. when you were present uh, and that. So, you know, it's said about David that he was a man after God's own heart. And I wonder if that isn't one of the reasons mm -hmm. is because he, even in the worst of situations, he was still able to say, but I'll praise you, God. 
Right, because he was definitely a man after some other things that we could talk about. So he definitely wasn't perfect, but deep inside it all. It, so it doesn't really reflect, like, well, he didn't, it's not like he was perfect in every way, never made any mistakes, and, you know, just walked around floating, actually, you know, praising Jesus all the time. But it's more like when it came down to the hard situations in life, he would always go back. So, yeah, no, yeah. I totally agree. And uh, the the psalm that we're specifically looking at today to find Jesus um, is Psalm 23. And, you know, it's interesting. A lot of commentaries and things will say this is it's the most well-known psalm. Um, and people say it's the I, I saw in several places. I don't know if you came across this. Uh, it's the pearl of the Psalms, uh, which I thought was interesting. I, um, I, I did not read that. Yeah. No. But anyway, it's, uh, and it is, uh, probably one of the most recited oftentimes at funerals, uh, this, this that particular Psalm gets yeah. recited. So, uh, let me read it through and then we'll, we'll talk about Jesus, uh, through this. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So that is a psalm. It's not long. Six verses. Yep. Um, and that. so... Um, now today we're only talking about the first half of the first verse, right? Like specifically, I mean, right. we'll break down the whole thing, but specifically we're going to only focus on one, the first part of the first. Part. Yeah. So, um, our, uh, pastor Paul Hoover this weekend is going to focus on the Lord is my shepherd next weekend. It'll be, I shall not want. Uh, and so, yeah, we'll, we'll kind of look at the whole verse from the perspective of, uh, the shepherd, mm -hmm. um, and that, so it's interesting when you, when you look into, uh, shepherding and, and this area, this countryside, right. Ju Judea mm -hmm. and the countryside where they would often and shepherd the sheep uh, was a dangerous place to shepherd sheep. A lot of cliffs, high altitude, a lot of uh, wildlife that could come in and attack and, and that. So, I mean, a shepherd's job was a full-time job. Right. And what's interesting, as David begins this, he says, God, like the God of the universe, this God who speaks and like galaxies exist is my shepherd. So two th quick things I, I really love about this section is one, he, it's very personal. He's this huge God, but yet he's very personal to me. And then the second thing is a shepherd. And so to your point, you're right, it is very dangerous. But at that time, like if a family needed a shepherd, only like the youngest kid would be given that job because it was deemed or understood to be like the lowliest of the jobs. So we have this huge God with all of this power who chooses this kind of work for us, right? right? Like this lowly which, work. Which really fits in, and I know we'll get there, but to Jesus, yeah, right? Who right, comes right. down yeah. to serve us um, and, and that. But, um, you know, the, the, the shepherd aspect uh, of things, I know that we, we've each kind of looked into uh, to this a bit. Um, you know, what a, what a shepherd would do for a sheep. To me, it's very pastoral too. Oh, you know, absolutely. like the idea of this, this king, Right. And David was a king. He also was a shepherd, um, you know, but from a spiritual perspective, this king God who's willing to pastor us, mm -hmm. be with us and care for some of our deepest needs and hurts and pains and, right. and all that. So, so much good analogy and metaphor here between what God does for us through, through the idea of shepherding. Um, but it gets into, you know, it, it comes into this, what he does for us. He leads us um, beside still waters. He makes us lie down in green pastures. He restores our soul. Um, and I think you've done some look into that aspect of yeah, things for sheep. Yeah, uh, because, you know, growing up in Chicago, we don't really have 
a lot of sheep around. Seriously? N- well, it's usually in a euro, oh, um, yeah. which is really fantastic. But right, but when <laughs> but when they're alive, that doesn't really happen a lot. And so did a little research, and and so basically this whole concept of um, where is it? It's in verse. Verse two, he lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. So this whole idea of the shepherd allowing a, a lamb to rest. And so apparently sheep actually don't rest a lot or specifically they have to have forced conditions in order to lay down or else they don't want to. And basically because sheep are really timid, timid, uh, so they're afraid all the time. So they're, they don't want to rest. They don't want to lay down. Secondly, they're social animals. So if there's any sort of like friction amongst, you know, the, uh, each other, then they don't want to lay down and rest. The third thing is, um, they're really sensitive to comfort apparently, which like I am too. And so it says like, so the commentary I was looking at said, well, if there are flies around or if they have certain parasites, they will refuse to lay down and rest because they'll just be troubled so much um, due to their lack of comfort. And then finally, the fourth thing is they're always worried about food as am I. Mm-hmm. And the idea is, right, which, you know, makes sense. I'm not sure I've ever really seen a lot of videos of sheep laying down. They're usually grazing or whatever, because they're always worried about having enough food. But the idea was they will only lay down if that that stress is totally gone, right? So they know that they will have enough food. So just this element, um, and this one commentator, this is what he said. He said, what's beautiful about this is that the shepherd handles their fears, their frictions, their flies, and their famines. Uh, He has it all under control. Therefore, that is how they're allowed to lay down and rest, which I think is just, yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. Well, and thinking of the, again, going back to the countryside where they would have to shepherd the Mm -hmm. sheep, um, you know, one of the things when you come to the paths of righteousness, um, you know, that he leads us in, that there were a lot of dangerous paths, Mm. right? So you had to kind of trust that the shepherd was going to lead you on the right ones to get through that. And then you come to this place of, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Uh, this idea of protection. Um, And what's interesting to me is that it's not just in the good times of lying down in green pastures and still waters. It's also through the awful times. And he doesn't say that he will get rid of the awful times, right? right? That's never the issue. Yeah. But he'll lead us through them. Right. And will be with us. And be with us. Yeah. Yeah. And and what's interesting, one of the things I found out on on, uh, sheep in this area is that at nighttime, because obviously dangerous um, Mm -hmm. of all sorts of things that could attack or take or whatever, uh, the the shepherd would try to lead the sheep into a place that was, uh, had its own kind of natural fence, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And then wherever the gate was to that, the opening to that area, that's where the shepherd would lie down to sleep. Mm. Um, and, and thus protect the sheep from anything trying to get in. So it was kind of like, you know, the, 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 the shepherd's way of saying, um, you know, Hey, you want them, you got to go, go through, through me. me. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, and, and so but it's the a sheep know that, right, right. Yeah, yeah. They must know it so that they can rest. Th- right. Right. Oh, that's, that's really good. Um, now the, the second part of the, the Psalm gets in, it changes from the imagery of, of shepherd to kind of host yeah. the, the, the great host, right? right. That, that takes care of us and abundantly, uh, pastors us even still. Um, But this idea of shepherd is what we're spending the time with, which spending some time on Jesus, we have some direct connection to this Psalm in the gospels. Yes. So let's quickly roll over to John 10. Um, 
for years when I was at Loma Linda, John 1010 was our, that was like our big, like foundation statement, mostly because obviously Jesus, right? He came to give us life and a more abundant life. But I thought, you know, I was clever, you know, back in the day. So I thought LLA, Loma Linda Academy, live life abundantly. Oh, Oh, nice. How clever you are. Not just a pretty face. Anyway, so, but John 10 is this beautiful section where Jesus is actually referring to himself as a shepherd. Hmm. Right. Uh, and it's interesting, too. And in, in, in a minute, uh, Jason will read the, the passage. Well, go ahead and read the passage, yeah, yeah, and then we'll, we'll talk okay. about context. And don't worry, we're not going to read the whole thing. I'll just read verses 11 to uh, 18. And this is what it says. Jesus is saying, uh, speaking, he says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. A hired hand will run when he sees a wolf coming. He will abandon the sheep because they don't belong to him and he isn't their shepherd. And so the wolf attacks them and scatters the flock. The hired hands run away because he's working only for the money and doesn't really care about the sheep. Verse 14, I am the good shepherd. I know my own sheep and they know me. Just as my father knows me and I know the father. So I sacrifice my life for the sheep. I have other sheep too that are not in this sheepfold. That's a sermon. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> I must bring them also. They will listen to my voice and there they will be one flock with one shepherd. The father loves me because I sacrificed my life so I may take it back again. No one can take my life from me. I sacrifice it voluntarily for I have the authority to lay it down when I want to and also to take it up again for this is what my father has commanded. That's like a whole sermon series, right? There. Yeah, there's so much good stuff there. Yeah. But obviously in the context of Psalm 23, having right. that fresh in our minds and thinking about how the shepherd cares for his sheep, it's all laid out uh, yeah. right right here, right? right. Um, and and we can see all the things that the, the shepherd does for us. What's interesting though, right, about this is the context of Jesus oh, saying this. Yeah, yeah. And you have to go back to John 9 for that. And in John 9, you have Jesus healing a man that had been born blind. And he references that, uh, the, the blind man says no one's ever heard of someone that could heal someone born blind. Right. 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 This is someone who's never seen before. Mm-hmm. And Jesus gives him his sight. The Pharisees, um, you know, they, they just keep trying to silence Jesus. They, they don't want Jesus to grow in popularity. And so right. they're trying to silence this guy. It's an incredible interchange that happens. It's, yeah, it um, really is. And I know we can't really take time to talk about it, but it, yeah, they, the Pharisees don't believe him and they're actually trying to persuade him, I think, and their, his parents, uh, why this could not possibly be true. Mostly because I think, um, like if you look at it in verse 16, this man, Jesus is not from God for he is working on the Sabbath. And so this idea of, wait, he's not fitting into our mold and our model of what religion is and what a walk with God looks like. Um, Anyway, so well, really interesting. Yeah, and it's fascinating too because the the blind man just gives a testimony, right? He's just saying, "Hey, this, yeah. this is what happened. I, yeah, don't, yeah. I don't know what you want from That's me." That's what but, it actually says. But this is what this happened. Is what happened. Um, and they say, uh, you know, they they go back at him and they're upset with him, um, and they and then end up kicking him out of the synagogue. Right? right? They cast him out. It says. And what's interesting is Jesus, the shepherd, yeah, dude, goes searching for him. Um, and what, what, what Steve blows me away more than that is that when Jesus finds him, this, this is referring, I think in a sense to the lost sheep parable oh, of absolutely. Luke 15, right? Mm-hmm. If there's one, I, the shepherd goes out and searches. Mm-hmm. So this guy is out there and Jesus does something mind blowing with this man as he actually tells this man his secret. 
right? Mm. That he is yeah. the son of God. Yeah. Now, uh, it's just, it's, it's mind blowing, but it's again, the example of what the shepherd is here to do. Right. right. And I, and I think one reason perhaps why is when he's talking about the shepherd, specifically what I love is verse 14. It says, I am, so he repeats this phrase, I am the good shepherd, the good shepherd, not just any shepherd. Um, we could unpack that. But verse 14, it says, I know my own sheep and they know me. And for all the Greek nerds out there, this is gnosko. So this experiential knowledge, in other words, I don't just know about you, um, didn't just kind of, you know, get you going and then and then you kind of live your own life and I'm just kind of stepping back. No, I regularly experience you like all the time. I, I experience you, but what's really cool is, and you can fully experience me. So this deeper experiential knowledge um, is really, I think, what, what sets them apart here. Yeah. And and you, you said this as you're reading it because it's so power, powerful, but he has sheep that are not of this fold. Yeah. I, I mean, there's so much that we could unpack in this, yeah. but, but again, the tie is, is that Jesus is that good shepherd that uh, lays his life down for his sheep, that leads us beside still waters, that restores our soul. Right. And, and our job is to trust in his leading. Right. Even when we're going through things, I mean, obviously, again, the good times and the bad times, mm-hmm. the COVID-19 times, mm-hmm. that even in this time that God is leading us mm-hmm. um, and he doesn't leave us, he doesn't forsake us, and he's going to go with us through this valley um, to, to whatever the other side of it is. Right. right. Using, going back to Psalm 23, the rod and the staff. Again, yeah. of course, David knows what shepherd, shepherding is all about, but the rod and the staff, while some argue it's two tools, some argue it's one tool, whatever. The point is they do, they have two different functions. A rod is something that would guide, but also would protect, right? right against the enemy, whatever was, was, was attacking them. But then also the staff part is this, well, if they trip and fall, no, I'm there. Right. Um, and I'm going to help you up. Right. Again. Or if you're, if you're going over a ledge, you know, yeah, that, right. that end of the, the shepherd's staff, you right. could catch them yeah, right. uh, and bring them back. So it's all about protection, yeah. but yet also defense, yeah. which is really good. Yeah. So I, I, as I was studying, I had uh, every, and I do this every now and then I had a, a song come to my mind, um, but it's, it's a hymn uh, called He Leadeth Me. I'd ask Jason to sing it, uh, but I, I, I'll leave that for now. Um, it's, it's really too good. And yeah, you know, I don't yeah. want to show up Jeremy Winston. Yeah. So, yeah. so um, but it's, it's by Joseph Gilmore wrote it in 1862 during the civil war, which you can imagine was a time of insecurity, a time of unrest, much like, uh, I I mean, it's a different battle we're facing right now, but the unrest and the insecurity people feel right now, what will the future hold? What, what's going to happen uh, to my job? What's, what's going to happen to my paycheck, my bills, what all these questions. Um, right. And, um, so, so Gilmore wrote this reflecting on Psalm 23, um, and wrote it for his congregation. I thought it'd be good to, to read, uh, here. Um, he leadeth me. Oh, bless O blessed thought, O words with heavenly comfort fraught, whatever I do, whatever I be, still tis God's hand that leadeth me. He leadeth me, he leadeth me, by his own hand he leadeth me, his faithful follower I would be, for by his hand he leadeth me. Sometimes mid scenes of deepest gloom, sometimes where Eden's bowers bloom, by water still over troubled sea, still tis his hand that leadeth me. And it, and it goes on. What's interesting is that when you sing the psalm the way that it's meant to be sung, you're going to repeat the 
phrase, he leadeth me 17 times. Wow. Just the reminder that we are led by the good shepherd mm-hmm. in, in everything. Um, so with that, just a, just a thought to take with you yeah, as we go no, through a, another week. We'll keep digging into Psalm 23. And, and the, I would I, encourage everyone else, right? Just read this for yourself, yeah. right? This week, keep processing it, read it through maybe even every day, right? Because it's short, right? Yep. Six quick verses, pray it over. And um, what is it that God would say to you, right? Yep. And me, right. And all, right? All of us as we process through this. Yeah. And, and add to that John 10, add to that yeah, uh, Luke, Luke 15. 15. Yeah. Um, and, and keep uh, with it. Next week, we'll get more into this idea of trust yeah. uh, and knowing that God supplies really our, be, our need. That could be a challenge. Right? Yeah. Ab- again, absolutely. This is the time to be talking about it. Right. Yeah. So, so let me have a word of prayer for us. Uh, Father God, thank you so much uh, for sending Jesus as the good shepherd um, who leads us beside still waters uh, and green pastures and restores our soul, uh, who guides us even through the most difficult of times. And so I know that for some watching right now, it is difficult times. Uh, maybe more than they've ever experienced before, and the future is unclear. But we have to trust that you still lead us, just like you promised. Um, Help us to trust in that leading, um, to know that you are with us even when we don't feel like it, Um, you know, and and just to rest in the comfort that you provide for us. Thank you uh, for being that shepherd that lays his life down for his sheep. Thank you for knowing us. Um, Help us to know you better and lead and guide us through another week. We pray these things in your precious and holy name. Amen. 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 Well, thank you again for listening in. This has been another episode of Kettering Connect, and we'll be back here with you next week. week. Yep.